Hello, this is Aaron Saft on the MR Running Pains podcast. With 30 years of running experience and 20 years of coaching, I thought it time to share with you things I've learned and people I've met so that you can try things for yourself and see if they help your running. Thanks for joining me. Wrote this song while crew and Aaron on a 100-mile foot race through the trails in the rain and mud. How about that? Today's guest, as you'll hear in a few minutes, is Emma Barclay. Emma is uh, originally from Scotland and um, has a wonderful accent. Um, I love speaking with Emma. Um, she's um, quite experienced in running, been running for a long time, as you'll hear. Love getting into her story a little bit more and getting to know her. Uh, she is one of my athletes and uh, has recently just completed the Georgia Jewel 100 miler. And uh, the reason I had Emma on is uh, it's a contrasting story to what we heard last week's episode from Julie, um, Julie, who completed the Yeti uh, 100 miler as her first 100 miler. Uh, Emma is coming to us having already completed five 100 milers, and um, <clears throat> she had a uh, had a rough rough week leading into uh, Georgia. And, uh, you know, some, some rough, really rough patches, um, as she didn't have, uh, a crew or 
Pacers. So um, completely different story. And uh, I liked getting the uh, her perspective on uh, on how it went. And um, so the the following is her story. And I really want to thank her for her time. And uh, I hope you guys learn something from it and uh, can enjoy our conversation. Hi, everybody. I am here with um, Emma Barclay, and uh, we uh, we can find her on Strava as Gnarls. <laughs> uh, uh, Emma, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how Gnarls came to be, or you don't have to tell that story if you're not comfortable with it, but uh, go ahead and tell us about yourself, ma'am. Um, so I'm 45 years old. Um, I was born in Scotland. I came here about 16 years ago. Um, it was only supposed to be for five years. We're supposed to go back and forward for every five years, but I've been here 16 years. Um, and the Gnarls Barclay name came about because um, there was a band called Gnarls Barclay uh, with CeeLo Green, and I really liked that band, and um, that's my last name, so figured <laughs> figured that would do. I think I'm crazy. Is that the... Yes. Yeah, that yes. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, right on. Very good. So, um, as you can hear, Emma uh, has a, a, a Scottish accent, and uh, she was <laughs> quite nervous that we wouldn't be able to understand her. So, uh, you may have to slow the podcast speed down, but uh, I, I think we can we can understand you loud and clear, ma'am. Um, so, um, on to a little bit more about you. Um, and as I said, she, she doesn't like talking about herself, so we may have to uh, pull things from her, but. Um, how long have you been running? Um, been running since about the age of 12. Um, got into running with my dad. We used to go out running, just do road runs, but it was, it was like in the 80s and he was very um, shy and didn't like to run from the house because he thought it was embarrassing. So we used to get in the car and park, park the car just kind of um, – in a lay-by, which is a place off the road. I don't know if you Americans are familiar with the word lay-by. Um, <laughs> a pull-off, yes. Um, so basically, he would, he would, um, you know, we'd get out of the car and he'd say, I'll be back in two hours, um, do whatever you want to do, but this is where I'm hiding the keys. So he would basically desert me and I would go off and do a road run and they would kind of meet up afterwards. So a lot, a lot of my running growing up was with my dad, but not actually running with my dad, just, just on the roads. Um, and then like at age 12, when I started running, I did a half marathon, a local half marathon, which was completely illegal because I was supposed to be 16. And um, it was put on with like the local rugby club. Um, so that's what kind of got me into long distance doing this like half marathon when I was 12. Um, and then when I was like 13, my parents for my 13th birthday, they got me a membership to the local um, athletic club. And that's when I started doing track and um, cross country. Do they have clubs in Scotland like they do in yeah. England? Yeah, um, so they have so many clubs. It's it's like I feel I feel like it's a lot different to over here where we live now in Maine. Um, there's so many towns that have their own running club, have their own kind of like running vests, singlets, and um, it's really competitive. You know, it's you know people race. There's like so many races every weekend. There's races in the evening. Um, so yeah, I was part of like the Kinross Roadrunners, which was a local running club and um we usually meet up and go for a run then we'd end up at the pub 
you know, like parents would take their kids to, to the pub and, you know, I, obviously I wouldn't drink because I was only like 12, but, you know, it was like more of a social thing. Um, yeah, it, it was fun. That's fantastic. That's awesome. And then what, uh, what got you into uh, ultra running? Um, so I've done marathons. I didn't like my first marathon um, before I moved over here. I've been in Maine for 16 years. Um, and then when I came over here, I did some more marathons. I did Boston and then um, Boston didn't go well. Um, I, I started, I had strep throat and um, just it didn't go well. So I ended up doing like Sugarloaf Marathon. I think it was like two weeks after and I ended up like PRing and I ended up getting a labral tear in my hip and um, went to see some specialists and um, they basically said if we do the operation you're never going to run you're never going to run long distance again and forget about competing um, so I decided I would ignore that advice and that's when I decided to get into trail running just figured like the softer surface might be better um, and then round about I think it was like 2006 there wasn't much going on for trail running and, and races so um Ian, my husband, and I decided we'd start Trail Monster Running, which is like a, a trail running club. Um, so we started that. And as a result of that, one of our friends, Eric Bushy, started um, with Ian a trail running festival, um, which was a whole weekend festival, Memorial Weekend. And it was like a 25K and a 50K. And then it went into a 50 miler. So kind of like as a result of that is when I started getting into the ultra distance and just basically the people that I hung around with at Trail Monster Running, you know, kind of got sucked into running longer. Nice. Is that, is that where you met James Deemer? Yes. Yes, it yeah. was. I was working an Innovate um, table selling, trying to sell Innovate shoes, and he wandered up, and it wasn't until, like, the next year, I think the next year he ran the race, yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you that don't know James, um, I don't know, there's, there's not many people that don't know James Deemer, but, <laughs> um, James as a, as a great runner in his own right and ha- has done so much stuff and has some great, great stories, a uh, very fun person to get to know. So a mutual friend that actually, um, Emma, uh, was introduced to me through. So, mm-hmm. um, that's, uh, Emma and I started our, uh, our coach athlete relationship this year and, uh, yeah. James was the one that introduced us. Yeah. Um, so, um, how many, how many hundreds have you done? Um, I've done five. Um, I, so the first one I completed was Virgil Crest in New York. That was back in 2011 and Ian and I ended up running the whole thing together. So it was like 32 hours and that was my first ever one. Um, and then I did Vermont in 2013 and then we did this 100, it's not like an official race, the 100, 100 mile wilderness, which is like, it's in Maine. It's the most rugged part of the AT. Did that with um, with Ian again. And that was like 42 hours. Um, and then Wasa actually did last year. And then this year did Georgia Jewel. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Which, which would you say is the most special and why? Um, so definitely the wilderness with Ian. Um We'd attempted it before in 2011, and we could think we got as far as 70 miles. And uh, we did it with, um, we attempted it with another guy called Jeremy Bonnet. And we just all kind of decided at 70 miles where we would just like call it a day. So when we went back in 2018, you know, we'd, 
we had two young kids and you know we struggled to get the training in and it was just it was just really special spending the time with Ian for like you know 42 hours and then we also had two really good friends Mindy and Valerie who crewed for us and met us at like the road the road junctions at like five five I think it was like five times along along the way um but yeah it was just it's such a remote part of Maine um and just something really special to do with like your partner and that that is true yeah I don't know many couples that could get through a hundred miler and still (laughs) and still be married (laughs) yeah I mean luckily we were um we went through our low points at different times, so that was good. But I think the worst part of it was when we finished, we had to parent our two young kids, mm. and neither neither one of us could hardly move, so that was kind of hard. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now, did you go after an FKT there? I did, yes. I got the FKT um, for supported, um, but at that point, um, nobody else Nobody else had done it. There was a woman out there at the same time, Charlotte, and she um, she was going after it too. And I finished um, a couple of hours ahead of her. Um, and since then, there's been um, Lydia Gill has done um, an unsupported time of, um, gosh, I think it's 32 hours. Anyway, she was like incredible. She's like super fast. So, yeah, I think the only reason I got the FKT was because nobody else did had bothered themselves to try it. So, yeah, it's, it's ready for the takeout for anyone who wants to try and do it. Yeah. But for me, it was more it was more just getting it done and, and, and doing it with Ian, you know. It was like something we've wanted to do for a long time, so. Well, that is yeah. a early section of, of trail, so, you know. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Um, so this year, as you just said, you chose Georgia Jewel. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you feel you wanted to do Georgia Jewel? A um, bit of a long story. Um, originally, like in the past, when Ian and I had done races, like so we did the wilderness in 2018 and we had to both train for the same same run, which was really hard with having two young kids. So we kind of decided that we wouldn't have this, the race, uh, do races at the same time of the year just for training purposes. It was so hard. So I couldn't, and then last year we ended up doing Wasatch and the Bear within two weeks of each other. So that was tough. So this year was like, let's, choose races that are months apart. So I originally um, signed up for um, Cruel Jewel um, and then that got cancelled. And then I signed up for Hellbender and that got cancelled. So then I was like scrambling to find a, a race. And um, I'd, I'd, I'd always thought about the um, Georgia Jewel because James had mentioned it so much, you know, said it was really well organised and a beautiful course. Um, and he'd done a couple of distances there. So I'd, I'd managed to get some idea what the course was like. Um so yeah, that's why I wanted to do it, and it was just—it was close, you know. It's just like get get on one plane and get there. Um, so yeah, and I'd met um, Jenny Baker at Chattanooga when James uh, went down to do Chattanooga. I met her there and, and spoke to her about it. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her, her husband Franklin, um, that's the co-race director. Yeah. He just joined our group as well. Oh good, yeah. I think I saw yeah. that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's awesome. Um. So um, now we, we, we got into the training, you know, pretty early for you uh, for, mm-hmm. for this race. Um, how did how did your training differ? How, what did we do differently that you, you know, had done in the past? Um, so up until up until I started with you, I, Ian was Ian was coaching me um, and Ian, Ian's done a really good job over the years. And it's just, you know, with having the two young kids, um, 
it's just been hard for him to spend time and figure out every single day of the week for training. So he was really good about, you know, saying what I had to do for long runs. Um, but it just got to the point where it was just like more stress, you know, having to do training plans for me. So that's why I decided to go with you. Um, and so this time around, I've been doing more core work, more strength work, um, speed work. Um, the long runs haven't been as long as what I usually do. Um and, and and like in the past, I'm I'm kind of like a glutton for, pun- for punishment, um, where I just kind of I don't know. I'm I'm pretty good at inflicting pain on myself, so I'm like <laughs> I, I usually you know when I go out running, I try and really push it. And so I think with with you, um, you've made me kind of slow down and and not do every run like really mm-hmm. fast. So I've been. <laughs> You know, my training's kind of been, it's more sensible. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate that. And a lot more, a lot more structured. And, well, and um, I didn't share this with you, but I saw my chiropractor and um, I usually like run up to 100. I see him quite often. And and this time around, I've hardly been to see him. And then one time he was just like, um, I don't, I'm not going to charge you for this visit because there's nothing wrong with you. Oh. And he's never, he's, he's never said that before. So, you know, <laughs> I think that's all, right. all down to you. Oh, thank you. Well, we'll kind of, we'll touch on how, you know, things went a little bit later, yeah. um, you know, how this all led into the, the race, but um, your original plan, um, you know, that's what we'll, we'll get into. And that, that's kind of the point of, of why we wanted to talk. You know, we, we spoke with Julie last week about her, her first experience and, and she, um, you know, had crew and pacers. It was her first hundred. Now here you are an experienced hundred miler. Now your original plan had called for uh, crew and pacers, correct? Yes. Um, so I kind of figured that I could, I would be okay without a crew, but I definitely would need a pacer. Um, and I had a pacer, but it was, it wasn't completely certain if I was going to have the pacer or not. And it was like the last, maybe the last month and um, the pacer said he couldn't, he couldn't do it, which was which was fair enough because it wasn't solid that he was definitely going to help. Um, and I was trying to adjust my mindset anyway that I was not going to have anyone there. Um, so d- definitely something new for me. I've never been in that situation before. You know, whenever I've done a race, I've always had a crew and pacer. So very different. Um, and so um, you hadn't gone unsupported before. So um you know, even if it's just a pacer, how did you feel like, what, what do you think was going to be different or how did you have to adapt your plan? How did you have to change once you found out you weren't going to have a pacer? Um, so I kind of, I, I like, it's, um, like I'm, I'm used to running on my own, like my long runs. So I'm used to kind of getting through them, like the mental toughness, but I think, just you know with a hundred there's so many highs and lows and um for me it was like who's going to be there at the end you know who's going to help me get into the car and um you know just kind of look after me and I just kind of think you know it just had to be me um and 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 when it came to like um, drop bags because I didn't have a crew I had to be so really well organized and figure out exactly what I need and have everything you know where where just where it is you know and it just it just had to streamline everything you know oh absolutely 
we're going to touch on the drop bags in a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and how you, uh, you made these strategies to help, you know, get you through this. Um, but, um, do you mind discussing, uh, the week of the race? Um, <laughs> now be forewarned <laughs> the, um, <laughs> Uh, to the listener, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert: It's going to be very negative. <laughs> Emma was uh, was not in a, the most positive mindset the uh, the week of the race. So, and that's part of the conversation that I wanted yeah. to have. I want people to know that you know uh, that things can happen. Uh, yeah. And, be in the wrong mindset leading into something and you can have a totally different outcome than, than what's expected. So, um, so yeah, let, let's, let's get into the, the negativity. <laughs> so uh, me being a Scot, I'm, you know, I'm from Scotland. We're not the most positive people anyway. So a lot of the times, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty negative. Um, um, so like leading up to the race, um, I, I left on the Wednesday and I worked right up until the Tuesday. Wednesday was a big day because I had to take my daughter to all day rec, um, which she'd never been to before. So I had to watch her disappear into this massive building on her own. And then I had like mum guilt because I was leaving my family to do this race. Um, so driving home crying because I had to leave her. And then um, I absolutely hate driving. Um and then so knowing when I get to Atlanta, I have to drive for two hours in the remnants of a hurricane from Atlanta. And there's like seven lanes of traffic and it's just awful. Um, and then I get to the Airbnb and I don't even know which which one it is because it's supposed to be green and it's pitch black outside. So it was just like stress upon stress. And it was just like I was just constantly questioning why I'm doing this. Um, so that was my lovely... Um, Wednesday oh no and, and actually when I got there I was felt so nauseous so I barely ate because I was so stressed and um I spoke to Ian and um ended up hanging up on him and then he called back and, and said these are the places that you can eat your dinner get go out for dinner and go for breakfast so he was like really helpful trying to get some food in my stomach um and then the Thursday I eventually managed to eat something and I went to Walmart I think I went to three different Walmarts and just like bought stuff you know from my drop bags um do you want me to talk about friday or is that the next question yeah we'll get there we uh <laughs> we spoke on thursday too <laughs> um you and i yeah uh, we spoke on thursday yeah yeah we kind of went over things and yeah, yeah. i mean I, you know you spoke with ian and and myself and we were both trying to settle you down and <laughs> yeah. and get you in the you know uh, a better mindset but yeah I mean there was lots of lots of meditation going on and um lots of listening to music and just reminding myself that I I done the training and you know I was just there to get the job done so yep. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so um uh, you know you, you touched on the the mom guilt and yeah. I, you know I suspect that weighed the most heavily right I mean uh, yeah but- yeah, Iona, my daughter Iona, I feel bad because up until this point I haven't actually caught, said their names, but my daughter is Iona and my son's called Angus. Um, Iona had just kind of started school and it was, you know, two days a week because of COVID. Um, and so it was just, the, it was, it, it was just, you know, like leaving the family and then leaving Ian to like parent for five days with him trying to homeschool and, you know, work his full-time job and, you know. But that was always that was always the plan, you know. I do my race, he does his. But you know, once you're away, you just kind of 
worry about that sort of stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we all do. I mean, it's tough to, to be away from your family, especially yeah. for, you know, uh, something that's, you know, as self-indulgent as, you know, a, a race. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's better when the family is there, but at sometimes that has a, its distractions as well. Yeah. Um, but absolutely. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk on the uh, the race preparations. Um, so you, you went to Walmart and started getting all your drop bag stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Touch on that. Yeah, Why don't you, let's talk about your drop bags. So um, Ian Ian is very organized, and he organizes me. So like. Before we went, he, you know, I got my drop bags, I'd labeled them, I'd written my list of things, and, you know, he helped me figure out what I needed, what mileage. Um, and so it was just a case of, like, I think I bought, like, 12 Cliff Bars, and which I never ate any of them, um, and just, like, um, Dunkin' Donut coffee and just Coke and ginger ale, so that kind of stuff. And then figuring out what I was going to eat the night before for my my dinner and breakfast and then lunch and then figure out if I'm gonna, what I'm going to make for dinner for the night that I come in. So just that kind of stuff. Right on. And yeah. What else would you put in for, for food um, so far as the drop bags go? For the drop bags, um, baby pouches, Um Cliff bars, which I didn't touch. Um, Pringles, salt and vinegar Pringles, which I didn't touch. <laughs> that was basically about it. There was more liquid and medication than anything else. <laughs> Excedrin <laughs> and ibuprofen and muscle rub and Vaseline. Yeah. How did you do the tailwind? What did you use to um, to do the tailwind? So I double bagged it, like you told me to. Um <laughs> Um, but the bags I had in, I had it in were tiny, so it was really tricky to um, pour it into my bladder. Mm, um, and the volunteers were not allowed to help, so it was just a struggle, uh, yeah. you know, trying to get that done. And it was just a big mess. Um, Did you try to um, unzip the ziplock and then pour it in? Yeah, which I should have just bit off the corner. I think you yeah, mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bit yeah, off the corner and let that sucker pour out. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so, um, it, you know, it, it, you were subsisting off of tailwind and it sounds like baby food. And then uh, mm-hmm. you just use some aid station food as well to supplement. Yeah. So um, I tried to sip on my tailwind every half mile. So I was constantly checking my watch over the hundred um, <laughs> and then did a baby pouch every hour. Every aid station, I would pick up some real food, even if it was just like an Oreo cookie or a banana so I, I I made a point of just eating. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Um. Okay. Then we can we can get into Friday. <laughs> so uh, Georgia Jewel has a it, it has an evening start, um, which you know it can that can be very difficult in its own ways. It has its own you know uh, challenges. But um, uh, what what did you do during the day? What did you do in in the lead up to the the, the evening start? I freaked out. That's what I did. I was stressed all day. <laughs> I woke up. I woke up. I tried to sleep late, and I did. I got about nine hours sleep, which is good for me because usually it's five and a half hours. Right. Um, I woke up and I was like, "Oh no, it's 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 going to happen today." Um, and then I had to I had to go to Walmart like for the fourth time because I needed to get some more duct tape just to secure my bags because I was worried they were going to split open. Um, and then 
I listened to some um, a British radio station just for you know to try and put me at ease. Um, I called the in again. Um, and I called a friend, um, and then I tried to nap. I you know, maybe nap for like fifteen minutes. The day before, I'd I'd driven to the race start just to figure out you know how to get there, which was really helpful. So I ended up getting there um, like an hour before the race. Um, so yeah. I got 15 minutes, maybe a nap before and went through my drop bags for like the hundredth time just to make sure everything was in there. Did you do packet pickup when you drove the first time? Was that Thursday? No, no packet pickup was just before the race. Okay. Yeah. And, and the race meeting was actually online the night before. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> so here you are, you're, uh, you're nervous and, and getting ready um, in your mind. What was uh what was your goal for this race? Um, well to finish. Um ideally I wanted to place in the top three, but you know, it all depends on who shows up. Um Ian had made me a pace chart. He figured I could do it in 26 hours. So I had this pace chart. It was between 25 and 26 hours. Um and just to I think just to survive it, I think because I'd never done it without a pacer or a crew before, it was just like new territory. So it was just to try and, you know, just to get it done. Yeah. Just to, yeah. So uh, it probably, um, you know, an A goal we'll say would be like top three. Yeah. B goal probably, you know, sub 26. Yeah. And then C goal finish, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of talked about the, um, so, you know, the aid stations, obviously, uh, the, they couldn't help you. Um, did they like, even with like pouring water, did they have like vessels that they could pour that you had to do everything? No, no. Um, they did, they poured cups of Coke. So you, it was all cupless. So you brought your own cup. Sure. Um, so they would pour Coke. Um, all the food was in individual bags. So they would hand you the bag. Yeah. Um, and then they just had Gatorade buckets. One was water, one was tailwind. So you just to fill up your own, which I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind doing that. Yeah. So I guess yeah. they just clean the nozzles. Um. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then that I like that uh, they did the virtual race meeting the night before. That 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 makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that uh, was good. And then packet pickup. Um, it was basically just you know you had yours. They just laid it on the table and you grabbed it and moved on. Um, so they had. I think the race started at four o'clock and. Um, they had packet pickup between 12 and 3.30. So you just kind of rolled up, got your number, and then dropped your bags off. Right yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Some of the races I've seen, they're requiring you that you had to wear a mask. Um, oh, yeah. To the aid station. Okay. You're wearing, so, um, Georgia, Jewel, you're wearing a mask. Um, they did – do you want me to talk about that COVID stuff yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, please. Um, so they – you know, you, you wear a mask. They did wave starts. Um, so How many people were in a wave? 10. So they did 10. Um, and every minute they let 10 people off. So they didn't want people getting there too early before their, their time. Um, when you come into an aid station, you have your mask on, you sanitize your hands before and then after leaving. Um, yeah. So, but, but, I mean, it was really good. And all the volunteers had, had masks on. And even the, when you come into the finish line, you pull up your mask. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no uh, post-race hugs. <laughs> no there wasn't I, nobody would give me a hug anyway because nobody knows me there so <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh, hellbender i gave everybody a hug 
<laughs> I think Jenny, Jenny normally, yeah, she's a big hugger. So she was, yeah, she was a little bit upset, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, no hugs. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Right on. Anything else you can think of that, uh, you know, was modified? That, that covers a lot of that. So a really good thing they did was um, on Facebook, they did a question and answer session, maybe like the week of, which was really good. Um, you know, so when they did the race meet and it was just a case of them talking, um so yeah they did a really good job with them um, making you know everyone everyone safe how are their pre-race communications um did you get excellent yeah you got some yeah. emails yeah emails and the, the facebook page was very active um good. yeah do you read the race emails oh yeah always yeah i'm so proud of you why do people not <laughs> uh, we don't have to get started on that topic i, I can't okay. tell you how many people email me asking me questions that i just gave I them email i sent them so well, uh, some, i've heard i've heard some race directors charge money like they'll say no if i'm gonna answer this question i'm gonna charge you a dollar because it is <laughs> it is in the um race email uh, yeah well so yeah. Lesson being that if any, you know, anybody listening here, all, all two of you that are listening, <laughs> like, let's say, please, if you get a, a runner email, the race director is trying to communicate something to you. So please right. read those emails. You'll yeah. answer a lot of questions. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I can't overstate that enough. But no, I mean, the, communi- the communication was excellent. Um, yeah, it was really good. good. Uh, Jenny is very organized, as, as is Franklin. But I, yeah. I think Jenny does a lot of the, the communicating mm-hmm. there. Fantastic. All right. Um, now let's, let's get into the, the nitty gritty of the, the race itself. Um, you know, you started talking about how uh, you planned on, on drinking tailwind about every half mile. What were you doing for nutrition about how often were you, you know, intaking nutrition? Um, so every hour on the hour I was doing a baby food pouch that was like between 90 and hundred calories. Um, I did have a cliff bar with me. I never got into any of the 12. Um, I just, I just, they, I don't know, they just seem too dry. Um, and then, you know, I, I would take something from um, the aid stations, like banana or something and potatoes. Yeah. And towards the end, I was doing two cups of Coke. Um, I started that pretty early on during the night just because I felt like I was really tired. Yeah, that's the toughest thing about those, you know, evening starts is you, you yeah. go right into the night and it's just like, you know, you're just almost tired right off the bat. Um, yeah. Now, uh, you know, in training, um, all I said on your long runs weekend after weekend was, was practice, practice your nutrition plan. So, mm-hmm. uh, this is, you know, what we had been practicing for the yeah. last few months. Um, just so, you know, people listening know, you know, like this is what we were practicing since the get go when she started doing her long runs. Uh, you know, we, we kind of talked about here's some things you can try and we just, you know, we, we played trial and error and, and see what works. She tried different baby foods. Um, you also tried different, uh, pre-run things as well. Uh, and you know, you know, what was going well, uh, you know, in, in your training runs as well. Uh, some things bothered your stomachs and some things didn't. So, yeah, uh, you know, this was, this was the first race I've ever done with tailwind. I'd never done a race with tailwind before. So it was a bit of a gamble. Um, but I had been using it in training and I'd been going well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so, um, how did how did it go when you got into those late miles? How was your stomach? Really good. Like I've never had a race like this before where I've managed to eat so much. Um, 
you know, usually have GI issues fairly early on, um, which involves like, gosh, like it was such, it was like eight stops for GI issues. Um, and that didn't happen. Um, I mean, I did take a modium fairly early on, but um, even at the end of a hundred, I don't normally eat the next day. I'm usually thrown up. Um, and I had two dinners when I got home, you know, when I, I managed to eat there and then I had a dinner when I got home and the next day I managed to eat a lot. Um, so my stomach was a lot better. And I think that was because I was doing the tailwind and I was eating every hour, just kind of training my stomach. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I, I did have crystallized ginger with me, which I nibbled on whenever I felt a little bit nauseous. Um, but yeah, it, it went really well. Good. Yeah. Good. It's, um, there's an interesting article in, um, ultra running magazine, this new issue. Um, and it's, it's now, determining whether we should be consuming more um, calories slash carbohydrates um, each hour. Um, and it's, um, you know, they're, they're trying to look at, you know, A, will it have um, uh, gastric distress? And B, uh, does it help with the um, neuromuscular recovery uh, post long effort? So uh, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see there, and it's a significant increase in uh, in calories that they're suggesting per hour. So, uh, I'm going to talk about it on on our session tonight on Facebook Live. Okay. Um, it was probably doing about 200 to 300 calories an hour, I think. Yeah, and, and then when it started hitting hitting the cold cup, it was um, you know a lot more than that. Right. Mm-hmm. As I discussed with Emma, once you start on caffeine, you just want to keep it, <laughs> keep that steady drip. So I'm, I'm glad she, yeah. she stuck with that. And that, mm-hmm. that ginger is a, another, um, <laughs> another special that I always suggest is yeah. the, uh, the ginger. So I'm glad you, you use those. Um, so um, you'd also, we, we, we did our post race conversation and you talked about how um, you noticed that, you know, other runners would come into the aid station at the same time and those being crude definitely had a distinct advantage. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so like in the past, you know, when I've had a crew, it's, you know, I normally have two um, hydration packs and it's a case of just switching them out. You know, it's really slick, you know, just, get your new hydration pack and with this one you know I'm like bumbling around with um tailwinds spilling it all over the place trying to get my tailwind in and just um you know just just replacing things emptying out on my litter and replacing it and um to like I think it was after the first aid station I saw Franklin and he's like what are you doing what why have you got all that stuff in your pack because I had like gasoline and, and stuff, you know, just like stuff, blister repair kit. Um, <laughs> because I'm on my own, Franklin, that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> so Emma had a 40 liter pack. Uh, I didn't have a lot of stuff because it was just me. So he's like, just use our tailwind. So I did. Um, but then, you know, I noticed at one aid station and um, it wasn't it wasn't mixed up properly. So it was a lot weaker. Um, so towards the end, I just started carrying an extra baggie with me so I could just dump it in. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, if you have a crew, then, you know, it's, it's so much, yeah, it's so much, so much easier. Yeah. But then a friend reminded me, he's like, well, at least you don't have to worry about missing your crew if you don't have a crew. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> really good point. Yeah, which I, I have... Uh, and thankfully I've done is I've, I've had races where I was, I was concerned that my, you know, my, my kids and my wife weren't going to make it to an aid station just yeah. because of this, you know, uh, location. 
And mm-hmm. I put a drop bag there and I was so glad I did because I ended up needing it. They couldn't get yeah. to that location and yeah. you know, the race itself wasn't out and back. So I hit that aid station twice and they couldn't make it there. So, you know, it's, it's a good contingency plan, you know, mm-hmm. another, another lesson learned if we do the air quotes <laughs> um, that, you know, it, even if you do have a crew and there is an availability of a drop bag, it can't hurt to just have, you know, some extra, you know, tailwind there, some extra nutrition, whatever it may be that you're, you know, you're counting on your crew for, just have a little bit there just so you're not left without. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a, a very good point too. Yeah. Um, so um, that said, if, if you were uh, looking, now you're looking in the rear view mirror, it's, it's done, you know, that we, we've completed the race, but uh, what, what could you have done? Uh, you know, obviously we talked about tearing that corner off. Was there anything else you think you could have done uh, to make it more efficient? Uh, do you think you could have just had I don't think so. Apart from, I don't know, like towards the end, I struggled with having to pee a lot, like every mile for 15 miles. So um, I feel like maybe if I didn't care so much about being seen, I could have wouldn't have wandered so far into the woods. <laughs> maybe. But apart from that, I feel like the whole organization of my drop bags was, was really good. Um, what if yeah. you had taken a, a second pack? you know, and, and put it at uh, a location that way, you know, it was uh, that's like, a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea. Cause I think I was thinking more of when well, my packs, my hydration pack's going to get warm, you know, my bladder's going to get warm, but that's a good idea. I could have like totally prepped it with all my stuff. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> I mean, it, you could do it at a, a key location, right? Because we only have so many uh, packs, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it, especially when it gets late and you're super tired, you know, yeah. that, that aid station where you don't even want to well, be I'd thinking written, about it. I'd, I'd written on all my, um, so, so the race was really good in terms of drop bags. I only had two drop bags. Okay. I had, um, there was only the first location I hit, I think it was 18 miles and 18 miles. And then I hit one later on in the race because it was loops. So I hit it five times. Um, but I, I tried, I, I wrote on each, each, like there were so many, um, baggies that I used and I wrote on what I needed to do at each one to remind myself change your batteries dump the headlamp that sort of stuff Um, yeah yeah that's great yes I mean that's a really good idea too it's just a reminder because I knew I'd be too tired oh yeah yeah have like a little index card and a a little sandwich Mm -hmm. bag that with all your instructions of what you should do that's a wonderful idea I like that Mm -hmm. yeah Um, Excellent. Was the was the course compromised in any way? Did they have to uh, revise the course in any way? Not for the hundred milers. I think they did for the shorter distances because there was there was other races going on. But the hundred milers, no. No. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, how were the conditions on race day? Um, the conditions were excellent. Um, I had you know I'd been running, try you know running like when it was really hot and humid in Maine and. Um, running with my friend James and he'd be like, you know, well, this isn't, you know, you think this is humid, just wait till you get to Georgia and it's going to be a lot worse. Um, but race day, it was like in the seventies, there was a cool breeze. Um, I didn't change any of my gear, any of my clothes or my, my shoes. I didn't have to put on extra layers at night. It was just, it was perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so you were basically, you didn't have to worry about any extra gear. You were pretty much, you know, well suited with what you had. Yeah. I mean, I packed in like one of the bags that I knew was hit at nighttime, you know, like um, a buff and gloves and change of shoes. Cause we went through a Creek um, 
a couple of times, so feet definitely got wet. Um, but no, I didn't didn't have to change anything. And you weren't, you know, without anything, all good. No, I mean my feet were wet, but I like running with wet feet, so um, okay. that was good. Yeah. That, the some of the the weirdest things about about hundred milers is that um, you've got all these other people in the race, but mm-hmm. sometimes you're just out there for stretches with no one. And as you said, you didn't have a pacer. So did you ever have you know, times where you had other people to run with for long stretches or? What, um, yeah. You- so, um, sort of early on, I was running with a couple of women and um, Shannon who ended up winning the race and Meredith who came just behind me. Um, so we ran together apart from that, not really. And then, um, I went through a rough spot around about 20 miles it was dark and it was going up on john john's mountain um and just by questioning you know why i was there and ended up running with meredith for 20 miles during the night which was super helpful i I think if i hadn't ran with her i would probably would have dropped because it was just i just felt like it was pointless doing the race at that point no (laughs) (laughs) What what did you do to get through that um so i ran with her um you know, I definitely helped talking with Ian. Um, he made me feel like, you know, I trained really hard for it. I deserve to be there and I deserve to to finish it. Um, and I think it was just getting through that, that night section and just sharing some miles with somebody else. You know, she was she was having a hard time too. So we just kind of helped each other. So you called Ian too. That That's what you were saying, right? I called Ian a total of five times. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, um, you know, I, I, I ran, I ran with my phone. I had my lipstick charger so I could charge it. And that was, he was basically my pacer and my crew, you know, right. whenever yeah, I had a hard yeah. time, I would, I would call him up and um, he would um, help me out. And he, he did, you know, like towards the end, he got my friends to text me like encouraging texts just to get me through it. So just so I didn't feel, just so I didn't feel like so alone, um, which was really sweet and really helpful. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you, you kind of touched on your competition a little bit there. Um, but, um, and as you said, Shannon Howell had won it. I mean, you had some really stiff competition on, in the women's side. There were some amazing mm-hmm. people running this race, including yourself. Um, so, um, where did you find yourself, you know, especially in, you know, in those dark hours, uh, what, 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 uh, what kind of place were you running in? Um, so I knew I was always in third. Um, I started for some reason I was in the first wave, like the first 10. So I kind of knew, you know, I just knew that where I was, um, cause I wasn't, I wasn't aware of any women passing me. Um, so yeah, I mean, towards the end, I wasn't completely sure where I was at because there were so many different races going on. So there was loads of women going by me, so I wasn't sure um, mm-hmm. where I was at. How, how did it feel to be to be in the mix? In the mix of other races? Uh, no, in in the mix of uh, you know the a podium finish, you know, a top three finish, like your. Um, your- I mean, it, it definitely felt good, but it was kind of like. It, it was a different race. It was just like this. It's just me, you know, I just have to get through this. Um, um, and for me, it was kind of different that, you know, usually when I do a race, I beat myself up afterwards and like, oh, I could have done better and I shouldn't have taken so long. But with this one, it was like, no, I did it. You know, I did it without a crew and a pacer. You know, I'm just really proud of how I did. Um, so it was going to be a sweet finish no matter where I came to. 
Yeah. Yeah. So after you yeah. um, had those uh, tough moments in the night, um, you know, uh, how was, how were the late miles? Did those, I mean, were those any better? Um, definitely better. I did. Um, and you, you're probably going to frown upon this, but I did do Excedrin and I did ibuprofen. <laughs> and I did lots of muscle rub. Um, my legs felt really good. Um, apart from there was some calf thing going on and some knee thing going on, but it wasn't anything bad. Um, just, yeah, I mean, once once it got daylight again, I just felt like I had a, a, a second burst of energy. Um, and when the other the other races started as well, you saw more people. So you felt like, yeah, there's other people out in the woods here. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, so you're coming into the finish now. Uh, it's kind of hard to know for sure where you're at because of all the other races going on. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, how did that last mile, you know, how'd that last mile feel? Run me through that. What, what was going through your mind? So I had to go to the bathroom again. <laughs> I called Ian and he's like, take more salt tablets. And I didn't, the way I packed my salt tablets, it was in the wrong, the wrong bag. So I, I wasn't, t- I don't think I was taking enough salt on and I was just peeing way too much. Um, so I had to pee, um, you know, and there's people like zooming past you, people are doing the shorter distances and, um, I didn't, I didn't, I, at the last aid station, I was told I was third, but then I didn't know where fourth was. I didn't know where second was. So I just felt like I had to run really hard. Um, downhill stretches felt really good. I was managed to really run those hard. Um, you know, coming towards the end, I passed another hundred miler guy and then he got me back up on the uphill. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like I've never run that much in a hundred miler before and my body hasn't held up that well. Um, so I felt really good. Um, and then I just started, like, I started getting really emotional and um, I'm not one to get emotional in public. I usually take myself to a private place and um, I, could, I just felt myself kind of like choking up, um, especially when you see all the families, you know, on, um, I think it's Baker Hill, mm-hmm. um, you know, all kind of parked out there and you see them all kind of cheering on people. So, um, you know, when I came into the finish, I pulled up my bath and, you know, I just kind of tore off to the side and just called the in straight away. And I was like, I can't believe it. I actually did it. I finished. And I was just like crying my eyes out. And I'm not normally like that, um, but it was just like really overwhelming. Um, and I, I, I was usually proud of myself. And normally I'm not proud of myself at the end of the race, but it was just, yeah, it was really good. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of you for being able to admit you were proud of yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not one to to say that, but yeah, I was proud proud of myself there. Yes, yeah. I was. I, mm-hmm. I was very proud of you as well. Yeah, I mean, you you know, mission accomplished. You, yeah. uh, you you go ahead. You tell everybody how it went. Let's hear how it went. What did you? What place did you get? And what time did you run? Oh, <laughs> um, so I got third female. I got tenth overall. So I guess I should have been in the first top ten wave. Um, and then I got. 24 hours and 29 minutes so I was like shocked I was shocked that I ran that fast um yeah I I watch I wasn't really looking at my watch and it wasn't until I called Ian he's like you have such a big cushion to break um 25 hours you know you could like yeah you, you you've got this and um yeah 
he's 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 the one that you know kind of talks sense into me and um he's always kind of in my corner when it comes to races and you know i doubt myself but he doesn't doubt me so i'm lucky i'm really lucky to have him absolutely absolutely yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we we also did it all without um, destroying yourself on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, how did you visualize the race? I said, well, yeah, I did. I prepared myself for a lot of heart and a lot of tears. You know, I feel like if I can prepare myself for the most negative of situations, then I've got it. You know, can, can it possibly get any worse? And I did that. So, and it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was a lot better. So. Good. Was good. Mm-hmm. Have your kids ever come out for one of your hundreds? Um, like during? Not my hundreds. My they came out for a fifty miler. Yeah. Um. So that was good. They weren't at the finish though. They were there during, and um, they they wanted to play with me. They wanted to do this game called Poo Sticks. Where, have you, do you know Do you know Poo Sticks? <laughs> I'm not sure. Where you basically at a bridge, and um, you have sticks and you drop them and then whoever wins is the first stick that comes through the bridge first so they wanted me to do that during a 50 miler <laughs> yeah but yeah i'd love to i'd love to have them at a race um yeah that would be fun yeah finish, you know i was like i was super jealous of all these people coming across the line or you know with their kids in their arms and you know i finished and you know yeah, it was different. It was a different race experience, but I'm glad. I, you know, totally glad that I did it because I trained for it. You know. No, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, anybody that has listened to any of my previous episodes knows that my kids are are always, you know, a part of the race and yeah. at the race. So yeah. I, I absolutely understand that. And you know, I've I've only had one one hundred where they were not there, um, and I was I was glad because we were in the middle of a torrential downpour the whole time. So. Not quite new. That was Chattanooga. That was crazy weather. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, now, um, Ian, we, you know, we should also mention that Ian, you had uh, mentioned previously, Ian was doing a hundred miler <clears throat> the following weekend. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. The bear, I flew in, I flew back on the Monday and then, um, he flew out that Wednesday morning, early morning to do the bear. So he, then he was gone for five days um yeah so he and he he finishes well if you yeah, want his goal was to break 30 hours he did it last year and he got just over 30 hours so his goal was to break 30 hours so he'd get a different belt buckle which he did he managed he broke it by about half an hour so he was happy um and every every year he's like don't let me sign up for another hundred um <laughs> but I usually, I usually try and to encourage it um and i said to him i'm definitely not abiding by those rules i'm definitely going to do another 100 next year oh <laughs> uh, well, you know ian is, ian is not one of the the athletes i coach but i joked with emma and said that you know if, if ian actually wants to try to keep up with his wife you know a good coach so <laughs> um, i haven't told him that yet but i'm sure he'll find out if he listens to us uh, he'll listen to the podcast ian, yeah. ian you know I, I, I your your wife is amazing as are you so I, you. I certainly appreciate both of you um you. we've already started talking 2021 speaking okay. of which um and uh you know you had a conversation with with ian as well um i was surprised how quickly that conversation came about after ian had well, just it was prompted by me ian, yeah ian wasn't having anything to do he doesn't want to sign up for 100 just yet but i mean like i'm pretty like 
within days, I'm I'm looking for the next adventure. So, yeah. yeah. What's uh? What do you think is high on the list? You and I already had a conversation about um, it. So I am tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I just emailed the race director actually today and said, "What are your dates for next year?" I know you've just had a race, but what are they? Because <laughs> um, I started a new job and they want to know our vacation time already for next year. So yeah, that was one that you and I had spoke about. So uh, that? you you and I had spoke about that one. Yeah. Um. Um. Superior. Um, Bighorn, although that might be hard to get into just because it didn't go ahead this year. Right. And Massanutten, I can only really do one, I think one 100 a year. I think just with, yeah. you know, with the family. Um, but, but anywhere that takes me somewhere else, I think, out of state. It wasn't until really I did Wasatch um that we i hadn't done races really far away so that was something you just seen different parts of the country you know i've been here 16 years and if i feel like i've hardly seen any of america so it's, well, like, it's, it's a good job <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a lot of us <laughs> oh, okay. most of us live here forever and we hardly get to see you know most of this country so yeah, yeah you're not alone you are not okay. alone it's a good opportunity to travel you know and um, so anything anything that's really really hard and rugged I want to do something with elevation and preferably nothing with um you know loops too many loops yeah Mm -hmm. uh, Emma and I were were discussing before the podcast um you know that uh, about uh one of the rounds in Scotland called the the Ramsey round but do you have anything back home that you would want to do, you know, in and around the UK or, uh, I just, I just really want to go home. Um, I haven't been home for three years. Oh, Yeah. Since having kids, it's just been kind of harder. We were planning to go home this year and then COVID struck. Um, so hopefully next year, I mean, things come up. Um, yeah, it would definitely be nice to do like an ultra back home because I've never done anything longer than a marathon back home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a, a, a sky race um, in Scotland. Um, what, well, Iowa Sky? Um, no. Um, I'll have to – and everybody's probably screaming into the podcast right now the, the name of it, but I can't hear you. <laughs> uh, so uh, – I can't remember the name of it um, off the top of my head, oh, but sky racing is that what you mean? Yeah, sky, yeah there's a sky oh, race. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, ben Nevis? Was it Ben Nevis? No, it wasn't Ben Nevis. I, I know Ben, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll you know it'll come to me, yeah. and, and it'll be after we're done with the podcast. So. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but I mean, anyway, when I lived uh, in Scotland, I was I was totally against doing any hill running because I felt like if you stopped and walked, it wasn't proper running, but. Now I feel like right. I missed the opportunity. You know, I should have been doing more hills back home. Yeah, no. Uh, still, like I said, it's one of my uh, one of my all time favorites. Was doing the uh, Three Peaks race in the uh, just just south of the Lakes District there in England. Beautiful uh, area. Yeah. Look forward to going back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, all right. In closing, here, uh, you got any any parting words of wisdom for uh, for for our runners that you know potentially could be going without crew and without pacers um don't do it (laughs) (laughs) no just you just have to be really organized um and just be you know open to running with someone like if you can run with someone during your tough spots it's you know it just it's a game changer um 
and carry your cell phone. Like if I didn't, that, my cell phone was like my lifeline. And, you know, usually when I see people out running races and they've got their cell phone on the phone, I'm like, what are they doing? You know, it's why, why are they in this beautiful area and they're on the phone? But it was just like, I, I think, I, I mean, I stepped off trail when I had to, to talk to Ian and I, I explained to people, I have no crew. I have no pacer. That's why I'm on the phone. You know, this is this is how I'm going to get through this. But um, just having having the phone, just um, for for moral support. That's great. Yeah, it's a different. It's a different experience for sure. It's. Um, I mean, I would do, I would do it again if I had to. You know, I wouldn't not do a race because I didn't have that. But um, yeah, it's just it's very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the that's a you know great point there with the cell phone you know yeah. it's it, it's a great great tool to to use yeah. in race if you need it um mm-hmm. you know have, have that lifeline yeah, <laughs> someone lifeline yeah emma I, once again you know i've said it i don't know how many times congratulations that Thank was a phenomenal race well, uh, you part of it uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just stoked that you, you know, you did so well, uh, Emma's misconsistency in training. Uh, when I go in there, all of her activities for the day are always green. She always hits it spot on. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's been wonderful experience and, uh, I look forward to what we'll do in the future. So thank you, Emma. Thank you. Emma is, is just amazing, isn't she? Um, just a, a wonderful, wonderful woman and human being. And, um, you know, kudos to her, her husband, Ian, for being so supportive and loving. Um, that's a, a really amazing relationship they have. And, um, you know, I love love hearing the story about um, how they help each other through through their moments and um, and work together to, to achieve the goals. That's just, it's fantastic. Um, so thank you, Emma, for the, the time. Uh, you know, for the one millionth time, congratulations on your race. It's just absolutely fantastic. Um, the uh, so far as everything else goes, um, coaching spots are filling up. Um, wow, I, I I don't know what, what happened there, but um, I had a, a slew of new runners um, come on board, uh, which I certainly appreciate. Um, I do still have a few spots left if anybody's interested, and uh, in even just having the conversation as to. Um, as to whether uh, they want to come on board, um, talk about training, you know, um, your goals, uh, how we can meet those, um, you know, uh, so please, you know, just email me runningpains at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to me on Facebook, uh, MR Running Pains Coaching. Uh, I'm MR Running Pains on Instagram. I've got my YouTube channel, Aaron Saft. Uh, I've also uh, Monstrava. Aaron Saft, MR Running Pains on Strava. So you can follow me on my journey there. I uh, just had a, a great experience uh, this past weekend running in the Smokies with uh, one of my best friends. We ran up Mount LeConte and got the vertical mile. So you start down low and uh, you get 5,280 feet of gain, which is pretty amazing um, over the course of uh, about 10 and a half miles. So pretty cool. Uh, fun adventure. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about it in my newsletter. Um, really enjoyed that kind of, uh, spark, you know, that it just was, uh, man, what a, what a great day out there. Just beautiful weather, great friend, you know, just having fun, great conversation, no rush. Um, just really enjoying, you know, the time out there on the trail. So 
that was fantastic. I'm going to try to do something like that once a month for sure. Um, got a few other adventures coming up that, uh, you know, some of my athletes are running. So, um, I'll be, I'll be kind of pacing some of them and, and running with them. So should have some really fun stuff coming up. Uh, and again, uh, that all will be on Strava. So you can follow along in, in my adventures with, with some friends and, you know, some of my athletes and you know, of course they're some of my friends as well. So, um, some really cool things that I'm looking forward to this fall. Um, now officially celebrated 30 years of, of running, uh, and, uh, actually coming up here is, uh, celebrating 43 years of, uh, of life. And, um, really, you know, October is a great, a great month for me. I'm, I'm really, really in love with the fall and, and this time of year. So I hope you're enjoying your fall and you're running and, um, everything goes well by you. Again, if, uh, if I can answer your questions or if you have comments or anything, please reach out. I really appreciate, you know, those that do, uh, if you have topics you'd like me to cover uh, or things you'd like me to talk about, I certainly would love to, uh, to, you know, to hear about them. Or if you just like to come on the podcast, we've got some fun ones coming up. Um, let's see, uh, tomorrow I'm actually recording a conversation with a uh, sports chiropractor and talk about sports chiropractics. Uh, I've known him and had a, you know, working relationship with him for, for a long time. Dr. Brent Myers here in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and then Sunday I'm speaking with one of my athletes and his friends. They just did the rim to rim to rim out in the grand Canyon. Really looking forward to hearing about that adventure. Um, you know, they just went out there to have a good time and, and, you know, get out on the trail. So, um, that should be a fun conversation. And then Monday we're going to talk FKTs. Um, the, uh, this, uh, young couple, Allison and Ben, uh, just went after the end, um, uh, completed the, uh, Georgia section of the Appalachian trail for an FKT. So we're going to have a conversation with them. So uh, a lot of fun stuff coming up on the podcast. Again, if there's topics you want me to talk about, please just let me know if you don't mind, leave a review for me, uh, or share the podcast. That really does help. Uh, you know, if you felt found it useful and you think you can learn something from it or, or somebody else can learn something for it, please do share it. I do sincerely appreciate everybody's support and for your time for listening. Um, hopefully, uh, we'll keep going on and, uh, and keep, um, learning from, from others that are in our sport and enjoying this, this great, great sport that is running. All right, guys, until next week, this is Aaron Saft signing off.